I think I'm going to be one of them old people in the room that's going to be like, we ain't got time for that shit. We did that already. And I'm going to be like, say something else. We did that already. Like, you young, you got a new brain. You should come up with new shit. Like, we played that song. We did that. We litigated that terrain. Why are we defining stuff that was defined 30 years ago? Mm. Why are we redefining stuff that's already been defined? Just yeah. tell me what you mean. Let me tell you what I mean. Let's come to an agreement and let's move because we ain't got time. We do yeah. not have time. Like my energy is all on. We don't. Bear with me. I'm going to go on a little rant. And my rant is that we have, we too, we on the progressive side have twisted up intersectionality. Hmm. And we've twisted it up such that um, we have not agreed, metaphorically speaking, to move through the intersection unified. We've gotten stuck in the intersection. And while we're there, people are making up new new rules. And those new rules show up as new words. And everybody got a new word. So we can't move because we're in the, to- the biblical tower of Babel, mm, right? I don't yeah. understand you. You don't understand me. And because we don't understand each other, all of a sudden we got a little beef. You don't, you say this word the wrong way. I say that word the wrong way. And next thing you know, somebody's getting canceled, but we haven't moved, bruh. The point of an intersection is to move through in an yeah. organized way. Taking Out the Mass podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you joined us. Uh, as you can see, I'm on location here in New York City. I'm here in Times Square. Uh, this is actually where today's guest is from, Steve Vassor. And Steve is a father, a husband, he's a DJ. He's the co-founder of Mix for Change. Um, and in this conversation, we're going to talk about a lot of topics. We're going to talk about uh, leadership, men, emotions, all the things we talk about in Taking Out the Mass podcast. But Steve and I go way back. We go back to my fellowship at the Campaign for Black Male Achievement. We go back to the Restoration Retreat. And so many opportunities that he and I had to connect, sometimes virtually, sometimes in person, but definitely with a spirit of brotherhood and making this world a better place for our young men. So, so excited for this podcast. Um, as you know, like in order for us to do these episodes, sometimes um, we are moving around a lot. Now, we've mostly done the podcast virtually. This episode with Steve, you know, he's from here in New York, was done virtually. So uh, I'm here in New York, but I haven't, I didn't get a chance to meet up with him this time. But we're definitely looking forward to more opportunities to connect. Um, and in this conversation, the one thing I want to point out is, you know, uh, we are here in New York for this award, for the Anthem Award, Silver Prize, that the award ceremony was yesterday and tonight with Dr. Niobe Way. We get to go to a film called Close. It's about friendships. Friendships that go haywire, that go awry when we get older and we grow apart, but that are complicated to difficult to, to, to leave. And so uh, in this episode, as you hear us talk about leadership and the challenges of leadership and the challenges of how do you uh, create the space for us to speak our truth, to request what we need, and to um, hold those in our teams and people around us accountable to support our needs. That's so important. So. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, please, uh, if you have not yet made a mask, you can go to millionmask.org. 
And for those who are brand new, the front of the mask, what we call, are the things that we gladly let the world see about us. The back of the mask are the things that we don't usually let people see. And through these conversations, one picture in six words, we hope to create a world where people remember that there is more to you than people can see by just looking at you. There's more to you than people can see by just looking at you. And we look forward to you staying tuned for all the things that are happening. We're about to hit our 100,000 mask milestone here um, in the next 45 or so days. So stay tuned for that. And we look forward to you being a part of the Million Mask Movement. Take care, everybody. Well, Steve Vassor, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Thanks for having me, Ashanti. Thank you for um, inviting me to be part of this podcast. Man, I'm glad we had that little quick chat before we got everything started. But listen, I would like you to just introduce yourself to folks. What do you want them to know about you before we jump into these masks? Yeah. So my name is Steve Vassor. I am um, a resident of New York City. And um, what I want folks to know is, first of all, first and foremost, um, I'm a I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Um, I'm also uh, working on it Um, by day. I consult to, you know, organizations and occasionally um, I also DJ wherever there's music to be found. You might find me behind some turntables, you know, getting it in. Uh, that's what I want folks to know. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we get to get in this mix of like uh, talking about these emotional masks that we that we have found ourselves wearing sometimes and that we get a chance to, in these conversations to normalize the fact that there's so much more to each of us. There's so much more to us than people can see. There's so much more than they may think. But if we get to have these conversations that are more constant and robust, we recognize that we have so much in common. There's so much more to each of us. And if we only thought about it, that is more than what looks like on the outside that tells us whether we have something in common, you know? So I'm excited to be in this conversation with you. Oh, thank you. Likewise, good brother. So Steve, I wanted to, um, you know, as a guest, as a guest, and we were so thankful to have you, you get to decide who goes first. Um, You know, for folks who, you know, just with some transparency, Steve and I had a chance this summer. Was it summer? It was like late or early. No, fall. Yeah. It was fall. It was at the restoration retreat. Yep. Uh, and uh, there were young men there who had a chance to experience this work, you know, this this mask. Um, you know, I always carry masks. So anybody who knows me know that it's in my bag somewhere close. And uh it wasn't originally the plan, but it worked out beautifully. And I was so thankful to be asked to to be able to share some of the work that I think I, I was called to do in this in this world. And um, and I'm so glad that you and I get to have this conversation here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, as I guess you. you get to decide who goes first. Either you want to go first or you want me to go first. So, um, you know, I'm a guest at in your house. And so um <laughs> <laughs> I think you should go first and set the, set the pace, and I will I will follow suit. Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna show you this mask, and I'll show you the picture, and then the, the what I what I wrote, the words I wrote. So that's the mask I drew, inspired by some poster I saw in mm-hmm. in L.A. on a wall somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is, but it, but the words I wrote today were serious, intense, and caring, mm-hmm. and um. 
Here's a look at that 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 image, the uh, serious, intense, and caring. Um, these words are standing out to me for a couple of reasons right now in this moment. I was um, having a conversation recently around, um, I think I was being interviewed for something, and I was talking about, you know, when I when I feel myself being super intense, like when I feel myself getting worked up about something, I'm like, and I'm always feeling like, okay, I got to like get clarity about where the intensity is coming from. Is it coming from worry? Is it coming from fear? Is, it, is the intensity coming because I'm like feeling overloaded? Like usually when I go into an intense mode where I'm kind of like, like moving so fast and I'm fat, moving faster than my thoughts sometimes, um, is because I'm really caring about something. Like I'm really... Like the it, it, on the outside, it could be like it could look frantic, but in my mind, I'm I'm like deeply passionate or deeply like trying to get something done, and I have to be careful sometimes that it it gets defined clearly for people on the outside, because sometimes if it's not defined clearly, people will misjudge it. Like they will judge the intensity as mean i mean i've had many students who were like you're you're so mean i'm like mean don't you know i love you don't you know i care Mm. about you like don't you know that i want the best for you don't you know like but because my intensity is like seeing when i saw young people like disconnecting from their education and not giving their best it, it came out with this such intensity that it wasn't coming from a place of anger it was coming from a place of love and care but i didn't define it and when you leave people the room to define it for you, like I'm in this body that usually is like, oh, you're angry. <laughs> you're angry. And so I'm always like hypersensitive about not being the angry one. And so I think I have to, I wrote caring today because I, as much as I'm serious about a lot of things and I'm, I'm, I feel intense about a lot of things or I share intensity and maybe the word is intensity and as opposed to intense, but um, caring is where usually the root of it is. It's something I don't care about. I'm just going to be like, whatever, I'm going to move on. Hmm. But it's usually when I'm caring about something a lot is when that type of intensity comes out. So, um, yeah, that's the front. That's what's feeling pretty present on the front today. So it's really interesting when I, when you shared this and, and here's, here's mine. Um, I drew what I, uh, you know, as close as I could, a, <laughs> a shape of my head <laughs> and a smiley face, right? A modified yeah. smiley face with, you know, all teeth, you know, yeah. and, um, and the words there, um, when I think about what people are seeing and why they approach is um, smart, insightful and cheery. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and what's interesting about when I, did this, I thought about the reason folks approach, you know, that they tend to, I tend to, I tend to let folks know, or the mask I put forward allows folks to approach and, and engage and engage as deeply as they would like to. Right. Um, that's allowed me into rooms. It's allowed me into spaces, into conversations and into folks' lives, sometimes deeper than either I should or actually want to be. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. but always an adventure. Hmm. Um, and you know, that, that face, um, you know, while I like to think that I'm smart, while I certainly enjoy sharing insights, um, 
not always as cheery as I would like to be, mm. you know, so I'm always working a balance uh, and, and it's situational. You know, the yeah. DJing allows me to uh, actually put on a reverse mask. This is going to be a little bit funky. Bear with me for a second. Got you, got you. Music is my medicine, right? Yeah. And if I'm pulling together songs, there's a number of different puzzles that I'm bringing together. What mood am I in? What's the journey I want to take folks through? Yeah. Um, I always, when I DJ, I start with something slow or slower paced and move up. I'm going to use your word, move up in intensity. So I might start on some old school, like Stephanie Mills stuff and mm -hmm. land in a, in a disco record by the time we're done. We might be talking Dion Warwick and having a nice chill glass of white wine at the top of the set. And by the end of the set, it's a sock in the corner and furniture has been moved. And you're like, what happened? Who did it? And why am I sweating? Right. Uh, and so and, and what's behind that mask is there are things I'm working through uh, because I had to really think about why do I keep moving in that kind of direction sonically? And I move in that direction sonically because um, I am not attempting to seduce people. Like I like a certain song or a certain set of tracks. And I don't want to get hung up there like I can. We can do that yeah. all day and all night. However, I want to move. There's, there's love songs that are disco records. And mm. there are super violent records that are super slow. I mean, our young yeah. people have a whole diet of it right now. Um, and so... There's puzzle piecing. There's me working out my own stuff um, yeah. through the music, through through words, visuals that other folks have created and stitching it together where yeah. it builds to a crescendo and I'm out, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm done. Yeah. Um, the cheery Steve that's in this picture, though, um, I get allowed mm. into a lot of folks faces. Um, you get more places with smiles than you do with frowns. Yeah. Um, but I'm also from a school where the word no is the strongest word in the vocabulary. Right. Um, and, and that's not always a cheery word. Your nose mm. what might lead you to a space. Um, quick side note, you, you brought up, I love that you brought up um, and appreciate that you brought up serious intense and caring because where my intensity tends to show up is when I, it's two places. Now it's places where things are disorganized and they could be mm. organized better yeah. and, or where, um, where it's really negative is where I feel like I'm not being heard. And so it becomes problematic. Mm. And, and if those two collide and get into yeah. a mix, I have to disconnect and like go somewhere because what I, tr what I try to do to reconcile it is not going to feel good to the folks involved. Yeah. And so, um, and it ultimately comes out of love, right? It ultimately comes from a space of love. However, you know, it's not going to sound or feel like that. It's going to sound strict and disciplinary and, 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 you know, mm like an asshole. I'm going to, you know, I hope y'all bleeping things out, but it's going to, it's not going to sound, you know, uh, warm and fuzzy. Um, because we got several, we have several things, several, um, uh, 
switches have been flipped in the same moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. several tables have been flipped in the same room at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so the intensity shows up like what I've tried, what I've had to learn to do um, over the years relative to intensity, man, you, you, I'm so glad you went first. Cause you left some, you, you, you brought up some stuff for me that, uh, <laughs> helped me talk through some younger talk to and talk some younger people yesterday nice. about how to work through some of that stuff. And, yeah. um, and I'll get to it in a second, the perceptual, the, the perceptual piece, right. That, yeah. You know, folks see this smiling face or this approachable spirit and they're like, oh, I want more of that because I get enough people frowning at me all day. Yeah. Um, and what this allows me to do is kind of get a sense, you know, and it allows me to help them um, where where they where it's appropriate to make sense. It allows me to um, share, but and, and help them move a little bit further. Mm. Um, intensity. And perception, um, de- definitions and judgment. You know, you brought that up earlier. Mm. Um, who defines? And and I'm learning. I learned a really important lesson during pandemic mm. around definitions. Yeah. What do you? Yeah. And and so that has me in a space of what you mean. Yeah. Like cheery, insightful Steve is now like smart Steve is all about what do you mean when you say. Right. Mm. If you say X, let's get clear about your definition of X versus my definition of X. Yeah. Um, because if we're not, then misunderstandings come in. And if mis- where there's misunderstanding, there's no alignment. And where there's no alignment, there is, of course, chaos and confusion. Yeah. It's allowed. To, it can set in. And so clarity becomes key. Uh, it also reduces negative judgment. Um, so. What I've had, what I had to learn to do, um, and I share this with you because of the intensity piece. I got the same reaction when I was an executive director years ago, and in a place where, um, and, and it's happened since then. I, I think in a place where folks were one of my triggers, for lack of a better term, this place of not being heard. Yeah. They were over talking me, and they persistently over talk me, yeah. you know, whether it was in meetings or, you know, in discussions and, and didn't realize that folks were over talking me. And I'm like, look, I can't hear you anymore mm. because you are talking over me. Like, let me finish. Let me finish my statement. And then you can finish your statement and then we can understand what we're trying to get at. But if you're going to mm. over talk me, then clearly I need to stop talking. And at the point where I said that markers laid, like, let's be clear. My yeah. boundary has been hit. You're like at the boundary. So if it happens again, yeah. now we're in a different place. Now we're in a different place. And so um, because it's either disrespectful, you didn't hear me or you didn't want to hear me. But one of those three in my brain yeah. equals I'm in a whole other place. And now I got to push back mm. and I'm going to have to push back harder the more it happens. And, and not, not harder from a violent perspective, but I don't care about perception because now we're in a disrespectful terrain. Yeah, yeah. Once we enter disrespect, you know, we're in different terrain. So at any rate, all that to say, um, 
there are moments where I've had to suspend judgment in the interest of what's going to keep everything safe, what's going to keep us moving. Mm. There are moments when intensity, you know, people don't like arrogant folks. Yeah. Yeah. Except in certain situations. So that means they like them when they like them. <laughs> you know, like if I'm if I am at a if I'm in court, I need an arrogant attorney. Right. <laughs> I need my attorney to be like, I'm going to eat that case. If my if I'm when I'm running my business and I'm sitting with an accountant or I'm inter- interviewing mm. someone to do books, yeah. I need them to be arrogant. <laughs> you they know, know what why? they're doing. Cause they know what they're doing. Mm. Like, listen, your books are going to be clean. Yeah. You can rest on the pillow of peace tonight. Yes. Because I did that. If I bring my young people to Adelante Nina and I say, I do that. I expect the staff to be like, we do this. (laughs) We may not always get it right, but this is what we do. We do this. Sign a paper and fear not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we like arrogance when we like it yeah. and we like certain things when we like it. Um, and that has got me to a place where the judgments and it took me a while to get there where the judgments don't matter because the definitions are based on the definitions that lead to the judgments are based on other people's perceptions, which I can't yeah. control. Yeah, for real. For real, for real, yo. <laughs> and, and I think, and I think that even right there, when you talk about like, I can't, I can't control other people's behavior. I can't, and I, I need to communicate clearly where my what my needs are and where my expectations are. And then, and and at the same time, trying to keep it in a place where, um, m- my words are being heard as opposed to my energy being translated to mean something else. Right. Right. Because as I tell you what you don't maybe want to hear, you could be hearing things that I'm not really saying. Mm. Because you've now, whatever your past experience of somebody being direct and clear and, and, and yeah, direct and clear. (laughs) Sometimes it could be like, or you're, it could be translated. It it gets projected, right? Because the projection happens sometimes. And I think that's the part where it's like, how do I show, same thing. Like, how do I show this clarity and clear and being really intense to get this thing done while you not defining it as another meaning of it? Yeah. Right. Like, I think that you making it mean something that it doesn't mean. I, in our work, we tell we have this uh, we have these questions we ask some of our young people in different experiences. I'll say to them when, when they're stuck up with words, I'm like, what are you what are you saying that's not being heard? Hmm. Hmm. And then another question is what do you need to say that's not being said? Right? Mm -hmm. The the last one is, what are people thinking you're saying that you're not saying? Right? Because if you can help people begin to like translate the idea that there are ways of being heard, oh, wait, you're saying this, but people are not hearing it. Oh, I've never heard you say that, right? I, I can translate like, oh, actually, I never heard you say that before. Or if you're being misunderstood, to be able to help you translate that is so important, too, for conversation, for connection, for for relationship building, you know? And I think those are the pieces that we're trying to deal with, which is really powerful. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that, that front of the mask. So take a breath, because uh, we're, we're about to move to the back. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh yes. you asked me to go first. So uh um okay. I, I, I have a blank here, but but for some reason I feel like it's coming. So I'm I'm gonna just tell you mm. when I'm when I'm ooh, I already actually I already just felt it. I just felt it. I just felt mm. it. Okay. So here are the two that are here, and there's a blank. So worried. Mm. I wrote food addiction. And the last one that I'm not right now talking about is like the watching my health kind of, I'll use the word deteriorate because it's, it, it's at early stages of that. Like my health is, yeah. And so like right now I'm, I'm not, I'm not sick, but I also know that my weight has, um, has been elevating in the direction that it doesn't, I don't need as an engineer, this is not the way the curve I want it to be going. Right. And, uh, when I think about food addiction, I think about how I go to food for comfort, how I am flour and sugar are my my weaknesses. Definitely when they're together, I don't, I, don't, I could do without bread and I can do without candy, but you put some flour and sugar in the same bowl and you mix it up with some some whatever else's, I yep. will gladly devour it on any coast, any continent. You know what I'm saying? Milk or no milk, coffee or no coffee. Like, just give me a pastry or a cookie or a donut. Or a, I shouldn't even be listing them all right. My mom was watering and listing them. But I know that oftentimes when I'm in that, when I'm in on a bender, like, and I think people who don't know about food addiction or any addiction at all, they would be like, just put the cookies down. They would say, just put it down. And it's not until you have tried to put something down that, Actually, you feel calling you. You hear it calling you. Like it is, it's something I don't wish on anyone. Uh, I, and and people, you know, I don't compare it to anybody else's addiction. I just compare it to my own. That I know what it feels like to be like. I don't want. I I know it's not good for me. I know it's not. It, but I enjoy it. I like it. I want more of it, and it's never enough. I heard someone say this quote that says, uh, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. Because once I have one, like I like I imagine most normal people around sweets, they could have like four cookies and be done. Like if I open a pack of Oreos, it's going to get finished. Right. Like right. I may give it to a day. I may give it two days. But it's unhealthy. It's not. It doesn't even make any logical engineering sense. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But all I know is that there's a, a draw. And so anyway, I'm speaking about it just right now because it's really present. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really in this phase of getting myself back in order in, in, in shape and I've let it go way too far and too long. And so I'm in this, I'm in this detox phase right now. So I'm, I, I find myself feeling a little irritable, like, like, like <laughs> I still got to work. Right. I still got to go to, I still got to be, be around people, but I feel the draw of like, and then tomorrow's Thanksgiving, right? So it's like, oh, okay, oh. okay. It's like, should I, should I just go on a, you know, I, I'm like, oh, well, just one day, you know? Right. My mm-hmm. rationale would be, okay, tomorrow, just go all out. And then right. Friday, but I know it's going to happen on Friday. It's going to be leftovers. And then I'm going to be yes. like, and I, <laughs> so I'm already in this, like, currently behind the scenes playing. When I leave work today, am I going to go buy some stuff that I really enjoy? Or am I going to try and pretend like I'm not like, it's just, it's, it's a battle. And so I wish, mm-hmm. I wish I didn't battle it, 
Um, but it started young. It started young. It started when I was eight years old, trying to not deal with stuff that I need to deal with and going to food as a place of comfort. And so um, it's my eight-year-old in me who didn't get what he needed, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's really present right now. Oof. That's heavy. And I will describe a scent to you that is wafting out of my stove. <laughs> and hopefully it's an encouragement to do a different brother. And this is not going to, this is going to be the worst encouragement you have ever received in your life <laughs> ever. But there are currently six, six yams roasting in the stove right now, right? In preparation for all the things you just talked about. You know, maybe a couple of them are going to wind up in something that might tone towards healthy, but the rest of them are going to be in a pie. <laughs> and so, and and what's interesting uh, in your, it's not, it's the least helpful, I shouldn't have started there, but it's just like, I'm sitting here like this thing is filling my house and my lungs and I am now officially, I feel you. And, oh. and, um, what's interesting is my wife and I decided that instead of, um, because of tomorrow, instead of like doing a whole bunch of food prep, we're going to go out to dinner. Right. Or right. Cause mm. usually the night before Thanksgiving, I'll do the Turkey. I yeah. will, um, do a roast and baste, which is this, I'll get the Turkey prepped and, um, and then get it in the stove low and slow. And every hour I will go over to the bird. I will baste the bird and I will have a drink mm. and then I'll go sit down and relax. And the next hour I'll have a nice drink and I'll, and so all <laughs> night while the Turkey's getting, getting basted, I'm getting roasted, you know, or while the Turkey's getting roasted, I'm getting basted either way. We're both done by the time the morning comes. Uh, so this uh, year we're doing great. something. <laughs> we're doing something a little different, um, you know, in in um, in that in that vein. And um, I think you know you're. I, I really uh, with all that humor in there. I, I just want to you know, uh, in all seriousness, um, thank you for sharing both that. Mm food addiction, the worry, and also, you know, watching your health, right? Like you're watching this happen. And um, I think a piece of it is the awareness of it. And then yeah. there's, um, I just picked up this book that I'm looking at and I'll probably grab it. It's called Atomic Habits. Mm. And it is these, uh, it just, it literally just hit the shelves not too long ago. Um, what attracted me to it was, um, and it's by the executive editor of, I believe, Entrepreneur Magazine. Okay. And he talks about the small things that one can do to make massive changes. So you've heard this principle, you know, little things, big change, you know, little yeah. habits, big change. And this is yet another, the reason I picked up two copies is one of my great friends is mentioned in the book. Um, nice. Uh, but I the reason I look over at that, at that is because I think it is those, um, it's a combination of the small habits, the letting go of one or two things. It's not the massive behavioral change. It's the smaller things that you do. Um, yeah. and at some point my wife and I are going to be on, on a similar journey probably soon where we're talking about, um, eradicating refined sugar 
white flour, so on and so forth from the diet. Uh, we've converted to brown sugar, but we're still consuming it, you know, like who did it and ran, uh, like it's going out of style. Uh, but looking at, you know, these small habits, like moving from one thing and then, you know, sort of removing it. Um, one of my favorite examples, and I don't, again, I hope this will help you is, um, how I learned many years ago how the Chinese teach their children to drink tea. And what they do is they start with, and I don't know if you've heard this before, but they start with one or two sugar cubes and a stewed or brewed cup of tea. And then eventually they wean them off of the sugar, you know, removing more and more sugar, but leaving the tea behind so that there comes a point where the child is only drinking tea unsweetened um, and not craving the sugar associated with it. Um, and so it's, again, it goes back to, it's one of those examples of, again, you know, very small micro habits, atomic habits, whatever it is, shifting, you know, your own behavior. And I think it, I think your worry is a fence, you know, for that. And, um, I think, you know, your awareness, your watching it is also the fence, like saying like, no, we're not going this is where we're not going. It's sort of what I hear, you know? So yeah. it's, it's going to be about building and mending that fence and fortifying it. Um, and, and eventually, you know, I think you'll get to where you want to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can also tell you, I have a great friend in Florida who um, went through a tremendous uh, process actually was diagnosed with diabetes mm. and was, um, uh, morbidly obese and, yeah. you know, when it had a gastric sleeve, but not before she literally changed her entire um, lifestyle, moved away from the yeah. places and the people that encouraged her old lifestyle and moved to an entire new place and new lifestyle, including um, the gastric uh, work. So there was, yeah. you know, there was some, there was some technology involved, right? There was yeah, some some yeah. absolute, um, you know, she had some work done, but on the same notion. And when I say work done, I mean the gastric sleeve was it. But she yeah. adopted Zumba. She let go of a lot of the foods mm. that were killing her, let go of the people and the, the places and spaces that, you know, didn't fulfill her, like shed all of that yeah. and is um, in a whole other space. So that takes me that thought i want to it's amazing brother you and i um so mm. i have a bunch of slash slash in here yeah. so the first one is um i'm optimistic slash hopeful is what i yeah. wrote you'll see the second one um worried and slash doubtful yeah and the third is i'm impatient Mm. You know, so, yeah. you know, I have, um, my worry was always about what's the worst thing that's going to happen. And I was constantly looking for that. Yeah. Right. And so, um, given, given everything that's occurred, excuse me one second, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, please. Given everything that has occurred over the last yeah. few years, yeah. um, my worries were sort of 
imaginations. But they yeah. those little monsters decided to all show up embodied in a president and these freaking racists, Charlottesville, yeah. uh, uh, George Floyd being killed, Breonna Taylor. Say yeah. all the don't just say the name, say all the all the names. Right. Yeah. And yeah. this has been a slow rolling nightmare for me for years. I mean, for decades. Mm. Right. For decades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the people who've been disappeared, the people who are unnamed, who only their families know their names, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, from that day, yeah. um, the Atlanta child murders. I mean, I'm going back to those days when this stuff was happening. Yeah. Um, to you know, we come to pandemic and the whole world shuts down and everything. Let me tell you how how jacked, how really like crazy it got. The the Monday before we learned, the Monday, the same day, it wasn't even the the Monday before. The same day that George Floyd was killed is also the same day that there was a black man who walked into Central Park Hmm. to bird watch because that's what he does. And he happened across a white woman and her dog. Uh, at the same time, and she, you know, he asked her to leash her dog. He, the dog was off leash, you know, and you know the whole scene. My wife and I were no more than a quarter mile away from all of this happening because it was just one of those days we were just taking a chill stroll. Um, and so it's like, what? And then what? You know, all in the same day. And then by Saturday, you know the whole world had just imploded. And it was only after all of the marching had occurred that we then learned, oh, Breonna Taylor had been killed too. Hmm. You know, and so I say that to you because some of my worst fears, this idea, you know, some of the things I worried about, they manifest, they showed up uh, in this very intense and short period of time. Um, And that, you know, led me into very doubtful space. And when I get into those spaces, it's hard to, it's hard to bring myself back out. Not to mention, I had a whole separation from CBMA, from the campaign for Black Male Achievement, because it was going into its sunset period. And for me, that was a pinnacle moment, um, you know, a goal, um, something where I saw saw myself, I saw a lot of things coming together at the same time in that role. And I had thrown so much of myself in there that I probably was all over. I was probably a hot mess anyway. So it probably made sense for me to, you know, not be there any longer. The flip of it, what's interesting is, you you know, the first word in, on the other side of my mask was optimistic and hopeful. Hmm. And it's like, it's all we got. You know, it it's, we have seen Pandora's box, you know, whip, ripped open. We're still dealing with the fallout, with the detritus, with the yeah. dumpster juice, that, you know, has fallen out of what was 2016 to 2020 with that particular president. And the idea that this too shall pass, thankfully it happened. You know, we moved through those moments um, and it all, so the space I'm in, the space I had to move, the energy I have to move with is an energy that is, undergirded by optimism and hope, right? Hmm. 
and and set a different way faith that Mm. i may you know i gotta trust i gotta know in my bones that it's gonna work out it may not work out for me but it's also you know my it's it's gotta work out because trouble don't last and if trouble lasts it's because people love trouble right Mm. anarchists love trouble i mean in your neck of the woods i was there going back a step yeah. Uh, I was there when Eric Garner was killed. I was in Oakland, literally yeah. in downtown Oakland. Mm-hmm. And I'd never understood what it, what anarchists meant until I was yeah. there and they had run through and smashed all the glass they could find around city hall. Yeah. And, um, and those are the kind of folks for whom there's never enough trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh. Those are the, those are kind of folks for whom, like you know, if it was some trouble, like let's make more. That's you right. know, That's if it's right. on fire, let's go burn. Let's go find some gasoline and throw it on. That's These right. are the folks who put pallets of bricks in New York City, around Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Pallets of bricks, dropped them off next to trash cans, and waited for it to get dark. Yeah, and then went ahead and sm- we don't have yeah. loose bricks in the city. <laughs> Anywhere, bro. Anywhere. <laughs> There's special delivery. Come on. Special and it's, it's, delivery. And, and I think we talked about the anarchists. So thank you for saying that word because it's like if I'm if I'm not careful and uh, what I have decided to watch on my feed, what I my algorithm has fed, fed me, I watch a lot of tragic stuff that happens in schools and with kids mm. and young people. And if I'm not careful, I could come to a place of believing yep. that there is no hope. Right. But I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it not feeling like like I'm optimistic mm-hmm. about the future, even though inside, every time I scroll, I'm just like another one, another right. one, another life, another future, yeah. another school, another kid, another gun. Like, a, yeah, it could often, and I try and stay cheery. I try and mm-hmm. stay positive, mm-hmm. even though sometimes it feels like there's not a reason to. Right. And that that is so it's if it also <laughs> the mask, the flip of that mask, it feels Pollyannish, right? Yeah. Um, but that is not the preponderance of young people. Yeah. Yeah. That is not the preponderance of what's happening in the world. That is yeah. massive holes and massive losses. Yeah. To those families, to those communities you know, um, to those cities, to us, right. As a collective massive, but that ain't all of us. That's right. Um, the numbers just don't bear out. You need more people. And so that's why I love, um, I love the work. I love the work you're doing. I love finding what keeps me hopeful is there are folks who have their shoulder to the grindstone and who got their foot on the gas pedal no all gas no brakes like man we know we know we know the troubles that are out here yeah we know the difficulties i mean just developmentally what it takes to get from adolescence to adulthood is its own i mean you know i mean listen bro nations have fallen right (laughs) you know um you know things have crumbled yeah. Uh, but just getting people from adolescence to adulthood is not easy. But there are folks that are doing it, and yeah. they're doing it well. And yeah. so for me, it's not it's not unfounded. It's just that I can't see it. 
Yeah. And yeah. um yeah. and so as Jay-Z would say, somewhere in America, right? Like somewhere in America, somebody's doing okay. Yeah. I mean, it ain't all struggle. Like it's just, it's a struggle, <laughs> but it ain't all struggle because then we in a different ball game. That's right. That's right. Um and then the last of it, man, I will tell you, my last word is impatience. I hit 50 this year. Thank God. I made made it to 50. Congratulations. I may listen, brother. Congratulate my mama. Like she's she got a 50-year-old son, right? Like <laughs> and, and um and what's amazing is that is yeah, I'm I'm here, but I'm also really conscious of the clock. Yeah. And um and so mm. going back to the idea of intensity, that's yeah. the other place where intensity comes. We don't I think I'm going to be one of old people in the room that's going to be like, we ain't got time for that shit. We did that already. And I'm going to be like, say something else. We did that already. Like, you young, you got a new brain. You should come up with new shit. Like, we played that song. We did that. We litigated that terrain. Why are we defining stuff that was defined 30 years ago? Mm. Why are we redefining stuff that's already been defined? Just tell me what you mean. Let me tell you what I mean. Let's come to an agreement and let's move because we ain't got time. We do yeah. not have time. Like my energy is all on. We don't. Bear with me. I'm going to go on a little rant. And my rant is that we have, we too, we on the progressive side have twisted up intersectionality. Hmm. And we've twisted it up such that um, we have not agreed metaphorically speaking, to move through the intersection unified. We've gotten stuck in the intersection. And mm. while we're there, people are making up new wor- new rules. And those new rules show up as new words. And everybody got a new word. Mm. So we can't move because we're in the, ta- the biblical tower of Babel. Mm. Right? I don't yeah. understand you. You don't understand me. And because we don't understand each other, all of a sudden we got a little beef. You don't, you say this word the wrong way. I say that word the wrong way. And next thing you know, somebody's getting canceled, but we haven't moved, bruh. The point yeah. of an intersection is to move through in an yeah. organized way. And I'm going to, I just need us to do that. And so my impatience is that of a person who wants us to move who wants us not to litigate stuff the old stuff and when i say litigate we don't have to fight old wars like that some of this language it's not ours to begin with yeah one secondly who cares like we got people some of this is life or death you want to be conceptual about it well go geek out over there but get out of the way so that yeah. people who are doing the work can move through to where we're trying to get, which is freedom, liberation, mm. continuation, growth, expansion. Like, let's do that rather than getting caught up in semantics. Ooh, and yeah. so it's a, it's not, you know, um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be saying this into a hot open mic. However... <laughs> It is um, it is where the impatience com- comes from. It's the other side of that mask that I wear. It's not yeah. that I intend to be rude um, or disrespectful. It is that I think some of that stuff needs to be put in a white paper. And then mm. you go 
you go preach on it or speak on it or book on it somewhere else. The folks that are working need stuff they can move with and move through together so that ultimately we can win. And there's room for all of it. There's room for the academics. There's room for the athletes. There's room for, you know, the astrophysicists, the Afrofuturists and on. There's room for all of that. What there is no room for, though, is stasis. And I feel like we've been in a talking stasis. When you said what you said about impatience, I really appreciate it. And I want to I want to close with this piece. I want to say probably what and I'm going to come back to what you said in the beginning is that maybe what you may be called to do is to start off with some some Stevie and people keep on moving and bring it through a musical lens of how we need to move forward. I think sometimes in the words of like, I think it's hard for people to get it. But I think with with music, there's a rhythm of the heart that is undeniable. And I think that you may be called to like help people take a journey from where we were, that we're not there anymore, to where we can be and where we are right now, to where we're going. I imagine music can do some of that too. Yeah, it's um, that's why it's my medicine. Yeah. Um, it helps me work out some of that and work out some of those thoughts. And you're absolutely right, man. Whether it's um, Roy Ayers or Curtis Mayfield, yeah. um, you know, some of those artists. I mean, K. Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, yeah. you know, a Jay Z. Um, these artists and uh, musicians use. Uh, sounds, whether it's their voice or instruments or found sounds or whatever it is, they use it to express, um, I think, what the English, they express in in a way outside of English languages capabilities. That's right. And, um, and so I'm grateful for that. And then, you know, if there are folks that want to listen in on that with me and <laughs> puzzle through, I'm down. Like, let's well, do it. You know, well, where where can people hear your music or where where you want people to like follow this this journey? Like where 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 is there a place you want people to follow your work? Yeah. So um, I've got a couple of websites. The one that is first of all is stevevassor.com. Um, that one is still under construction. And uh, I'm going to pull it. I'm going to unveil that thing by buyer before Christmas because it's been under construction for too long. Um, But I also have a website focused on my DJ work, DJSteveVassor.com. Can't get any easier than that. Um, And um, there's a little there's a community that I've built uh, on a platform called Twitch.tv. It's a gaming platform, but a lot of DJs have gone rogue and decided to turn it into a DJ platform. And yeah. so I'm there most Fridays okay. um, at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific uh, with a group of, you know, doing an event I call The Vibes. Every Friday, we started in pandemic. Uh, we're going to continue until the wheels fall off. Um, and um, and there's a community there of people that are doing dope stuff. And um, what I appreciate about that community is they love music and they also love serving people. Right. Um, and, uh, and so it's just a wonderful sort of group. There are about 450 people 
Nice. Um, in that community as it sits. Small but mighty. <laughs> well, we're going to link all of these in the show notes. And, brother, I could talk to you forever as we did in the mountains. I want to tell you, thank you for making time. Thank you for being a part of the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Um, I'll say to all you folks who are listening, look, Steve and I shared our mask here publicly, but you don't have to do that. You can actually share yours privately, anonymously at millionmasks.org. And so please, I invite you to go do that. Steve, thank you for being on the call with us. I appreciate you. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. And um, much love to everyone that's listening and, you know, examine your masks. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, brother. So good to see you. Take care, folks. See you next time. Peace. The Taking Off the Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Graphics are by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Choque Allen Alvarez. We'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast as we cross the 100th episode milestone and begin the work to the next 100. We hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask family. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe, write a five-star review, and share as we look forward to continuing to have conversations that matter. Stay tuned for the relaunch of the Million Mask Movement on 11 11 22 that's november 11th of 2022 there's a math problem in there you can find out more by visiting everforwardclub.org and following us on social media take care and we'll see you soon <laughs>